It's me, it's me, it's the ROB mobbing once again with the coolest dude in the room right here on Perched on the Top Rope. The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. everybody to perched on the top rope lee is out this weekend he's got a little bit of work to work on but rob is back we haven't had him in a couple weeks good to see you rob i'm happy to be here i'm glad you're back um unfortunately we do have some bad news as within the last week uh the world of professional wrestling lost one of the good ones uh jimmy rave passed away after i believe it was um problems for due to the amputations that he had had done and prescriptions yeah um unfortunately it's some bad news we hate to see it jimmy rave had a hell of a run in uh both ring of honor and tna and it's uh it's a sad time and as always we are going to now play a 10 bell salute in memory of jimmy rave Rob, so aside from that, we have some big news in the world of professional wrestling this week, and I'm going to jump right into it. Kevin Owens, KO, re-signs with the WWE. What do you think? Well, I mean, he's only got really one other place he could have gone to, um, you know, and and, and I think he said it best, the money talks, um, you know, and, and I think realistically, the uh, AEW options are wearing thin for a lot of these uh, talents that are not only becoming free agents, but also that are that are out there from having been uh, released months ago. So um, it's it's drying up. So they're going to have to figure out what they want to do. Um, you know, and I think the same thing is going to happen with uh, Johnny Gargano. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Owens has always been one of those guys that has always said that his family comes first as, as obviously most of these guys do, but um, I'm, I'm my best guess. He probably did the smart thing. He probably played both sides, see which, you know, which side would give him a bigger contract and ultimately Vince McMahon beat out Tony Khan in that situation. And Kevin Owens being the family man that he is decided he was going to go where the money was best for his children. He said on multiple occasions that a lot of the work, that he does is to make sure that his family is taken care of and that his son goes through college. So, I mean, he did the smart thing. Oh, absolutely. And I'll never, you know, whichever decision they make, I'll never fault somebody for, for making a decision for what they feel is best for themselves. So, you know, good for Kevin Owens. I hope it, it has a lot of zeros on the end of it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, let's see where they go from here. Absolutely. And with him signing a new contract, one has to wonder two things. Number one, uh, the the outcome from the WWE title match at day one now could it could be anything. Everybody was basically counting out Kevin Owens from winning this match before because they assumed that he was on his way out the door afterwards. But now that he has signed a new contract, Kevin Owens could be walking out as WWE champion. And that could have been something he negotiated in his in his contract. Um, you know, oftentimes a lot of the guys, when their contracts are coming up, that's one of the main sticking points that they use in negotiation in order to resign. It was a big thing back when the Monday Night Wars was going on, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that they put in their contract now. Absolutely. And if he did, very well played. The, uh, the second thing that one has to wonder now that Kevin Owens has resigned is will Sami Zayn also resign with the WWE, or has he already signed, resigned with the WWE? I don't think Sammy's going to go anywhere. Um, you know, if you think about it, where, where is he going to fit in over in AEW? And and again, with the amount of money that a Sammy Zayn is making in WWE, 
AEW is realistically the only opportunity, the only chance, he, uh, you know, financially that would make sense for him. I, I, I don't see him leaving WWE. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Plus, he's been in a lot of very well-watched segments on SmackDown the past couple of weeks, whether it's been mm-hmm. him and Roman Reigns or the hilarious segments. I love the thing they've got going on between Sami Zayn and Brock Lesnar right now. It's absolutely yeah. hilarious. I, I love that how Brock's come out of his shell, to be honest. I mean, you know, it takes two to tango. Sammy is great at what he does, but I think Brock coming out of his shell um, and, and really showing that side of him, I think is, has done himself a, a world of good. I agree. Uh, you know, Brock's always been one of the guy, those guys where when, when he's playing like a baby face character and he doesn't have Paul Heyman with him, he kind of does shine a little more. Like whether it was back in the day when he had his few in his backstage segments with Kurt Angle or, you know, now that he's got this whole thing going on with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, Brock's not as awful on the microphone as people think he is. I just think he isn't a good, he's not good on the mic as a heel. I, I don't yeah. think that's ever been his thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I think being the big tough bully um, that he's portrayed as, I think he's able to to pull it off better, um, funnier uh, mm-hmm. when he's funny as a face um, instead of instead of as a heel. Uh, the one thing I, I wasn't a fan of was what was up with those gosh, gosh, bagashes he was wearing uh, on on this Friday show. My God. Oh, the the overalls. Yeah, did he did he take the private plane fresh off the farm and 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 just hit the ring or what? He's Man, been, that's been like his normal attire that he's been wearing as of lately. I uh, I was playing 2K the other night and I actually made uh, an alternate costume for Brock Lesnar and it was the overalls and oh, the, the dress shirt. <laughs> oh man, I saw that and just was thinking to myself, what the hell are you doing but i think they're doing it to get even more of the laughs because they know that's like the, the that's bit that's like brock's actual clothes that he's wearing yeah you know yeah, no, it that is that's the funny thing it, it really is it's it's hilarious i love it i love everything that brock's doing right now but uh going back to contracts just for a couple more minutes um johnny gargano was one of the most recently uh released or have left his contract superstars um he and kyle o'reilly both recently left nxt but focusing specifically on the gargano family it is highly rumored that wwe is expected to tack on time to candace LeRae's contract due to her pregnancy you know she's missed a certain amount of time out due to being pregnant and we've seen with wrestlers like Rey Mysterio that they've added time on before. Um, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, uh, Luke Harper, may he rest in peace. Um, you know, a lot of superstars, even Jeff Hardy, if he hadn't gotten released from this contract, they had already at added on time for the couple surgeries that he had had. Yeah. So a lot, it's, it's very highly expected that WWE is going to tack on time to Candice LeRae's contract. And it leaves everybody wondering whether, Johnny Gargano is going to wait to make a return to pro wrestling until Candace herself is able to leave and they can both go back to wrestling together or if he's going to pop up anywhere, anytime. I don't see why her contract would have a play a factor in anything. She's pregnant. Um, let her worry about that right now. And, and Hey, if he's getting a paycheck from AEW and she's getting a paycheck from WWE, two paychecks are always better than one. Um, you know, I don't care where they're coming from. I just don't think Johnny is ever going to be, obviously, he's never going to be big enough uh, to compete on the main WWE roster. He's a phenomenal talent, but he just doesn't fit that big, tall mold that the WWE consistently wants to portray. And when I, uh, examples of that are Roman Reigns and people of that nature. Um and so, therefore, I, I realistically see him going to AEW uh, because he he knows he's he, he's not going to fit that mold on the main roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately inclined to agree with you. Had this been a couple of years ago when they were actually starting to give people more of a chance again, um, I would say maybe he would have a shot. But it's been very clear in at least the last year in particular that Vince is going back to his old ways of if, if you're not big and you're not, you know, this mold of what he sees you as it's, it's back to being his way that you're not going to get to that certain spot. And also correct me if I'm wrong, but 
when him and Champa were hot, didn't he bring them both up to the main roster for literally two weeks? And clearly he didn't like the way they looked or maybe the way Johnny looked. And they were back down in NXT quicker than quick. If that doesn't throw up the red flag for you for, for Vince's, uh, you know, vision and focus as far as what he wants a wrestler to, to look like, then nothing, nothing will. I agree. Um, I think there was a couple instances with Ciampa that he was actually brought up temporarily to the main roster and both times he went back down to NXT too. So it's kind of a telltale sign of what would have happened. Um, a good example is Ricochet. They've basically been keeping him in purgatory for two years now, almost yeah. three, almost three on the main roster. Um, yeah. Now Champa is big enough. Champa, I believe, if given a chance, muscular. It, yeah. yeah, he's he's tall and he's muscular. Um, you know, I I think if given a chance, Champa would be the one that really would thrive on the main roster. Um, but sadly, not Johnny Gargano. Unfortunately, not. And Johnny Gargano himself has a lot of friends in AEW. He's got Adam Cole over there. He wants to face Kenny Omega. He wants to face uh, Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. So he, he's got some friends over there that they could put on some clinics with. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Johnny Gargano versus Hangman Adam Page. There's there's a lot of matchups for him over there. Uh, however, my personal opinion, I don't think we're going to see him at least until the birth of their baby anyways. I think he's going to take some time off. I think they're you know he's going to wait for the birth of this child and then take a little bit of time, and then I think he's going to show up. I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon. Well, either way, um, he's going to fit in best in AEW. Absolutely. I agree. And speaking of fitting in with AEW in our last contract negotiation, speaking of the night, MJF openly admits this week to a bidding war that is happening in 2024. And it's reported that both USA and Fox networks are very interested in MJF being signed to the WWE. Rob, I know you like MJF. I want to hear your opinions on this one. Well, uh, you know, Lee and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. MJF is is kind of handcuffed in in so many ways. And here's here's what I mean by that. He's never going to be able to be MJF in the WWE. Mm-hmm. He's never going. And by that, I mean, he's not going to be able to talk the way he talks in AEW. He's not going to be able to cut the scathing promos that he cuts in, in AEW. He's not. Uh, again, going off of what we just spoke about, anyone who's seen MJF in person, as I have, as you have, Lee has, he is not a, number one, he's not tall, and number two, he's certainly not uh, jacked up by any imagination. Um, so therefore, he doesn't fit that mold. What I would do if I was MJF is I would seriously negotiate with the WWE, knowing that Fox and USA are probably going to put a very strong offer together for him. But then I would take that very strong offer back to AEW. And as long as AEW came in the ballpark, whether they match it or are slightly under it, he goes back to AEW 1 million percent because he has his bread buttered there. And, and he can basically do what he wants in AEW as opposed to what he will not be able to get away with in WWE. This is not the Attitude Era anymore. Now that they are a publicly traded company, they're not going to be able to cut those promos. Uh, you know, he's not going to be able to call his mom a filthy son of a bitch and all the stuff that he gets away with in AEW. He's not going to be able to say the things that he says in AEW in a promo against the CM Punk or anybody else for that matter. The, the, the promos that he's been having with, with CM Punk have been just gold. And he would not get that with WWE. Number one, no, may, a number reason up behind that is because WWE scripts everything. Therefore, everything MJF and, and uh, CM Punk are doing right now, you're probably seeing off the top of their head. If you're telling MJF, here's four pages, memorize it, and then go to the ring and recite it, that's, that's going to be... That's going to take away from his pizzazz, if you will. I think you hit the nail 100% on the head, Rob. Um, My biggest thing, too, is MJF, without a doubt, is a future world champion in AEW. There's, there's no way around it. You, you look at his character and you can, you can tell how his booking should go is going to go. It's, it's easy. Like, I don't think anybody can mess up that creative. Um, 
I think when it's all said and done and we're decades down the road and we're looking at the legacy of AEW, you're going to see like, you know, Hogan and Piper and Savage were for the WWF in their early days. MJF is going to be one of those guys for AEW. He's going to be one of those founding fathers. He's going to be one of those four pillars that they keep referencing <laughs> on TV. Um, he's going to be one of the people that made that company. And I just, I don't see him going anywhere. I think he's got a very bright future in AEW. I think he's going to be a multiple time world champion. And I don't see him going to Vince McMahon's company. You know, he's, he's got those scathing promos that you were talking about where he's swearing every five seconds. He's not going to trade that to go to Vince McMahon's company and go on to Monday night raw and call someone a poopy head. Yeah. Yeah. Basically basically the equivalent. Yeah. I mean, you're a million percent right. And, and the other thing is MJF right now is, is building that stone cold Steve Austin type uh, popularity in the sense that he's supposed to be a heel, but I think the fans are getting a little tired of CM Punk. So they're turning and flipping MJF which he's still a heel, but he's like the good heel. He's sort of like the DX where we love to, to watch him say suck it and do disrespectful things to, to, you know, the people you didn't like. In this case, it was Vince McMahon and things like that. But he's really building that, that momentum. And when he gets to that top of that, that pinnacle and then the, 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 the snowball starts to go down, it's going to be going down so fast, you're never going to be able to stop him. He's going to be on top of the world. And I think that's what he's he's trajecting that snowball to take it, that turn over the cliff in 2024 when his contract is up. And that thing is going to be so steamrolling so fast down a hill that, uh, you know, Fox and, and, and Universal could put together a great contract offer. But I would just bring that back to AEW and just match this. absolutely and something that you said kind of hit me too when you were talking about the cm punk mjf feud and how that kind of looks like you know some of the fans are getting tired of cm punk which i don't i don't know if it's tired as much as it's they're over the i'm a i'm a just returned baby face you know conquering the world jamming down your throat every three seconds right i think they're ready for now that the nostalgia of him coming back has worn off i think they're ready for the old punk to come back where he just starts destroying everybody on the microphone which he did to mjf's hometown crowd um i think they're ready for that punk and i almost feel like what you said with this mjf cm punk feud this might almost be the perfect time to pull a similar storyline to the stone cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart double turn. And I think this would be yeah. the perfect because AEW hasn't really done a double turn yet since their inception. Uh, you don't see it very often, but I think that this would be the perfect feud to start a double turn with, um, you know, you have, they finally have their big match and it's in one of their hometown crowds again. And you know, Punk's got MJF beat and he just takes it too far. And, you know, then the pinnacle comes out and tries to help him. And Punk's got like his own group, you know, Serena Deeb is in AEW and Luke Gallows is occasionally there with the good brothers too. They could bring back some form of the straight edge society. Um, I, I think it could be done very well. If and that doesn't have to be that way, but uh, whatever way they decide to do it, I think that would be a perfect feud to do that with. Yeah, and I think CM Punk needs to get a little more sea legs underneath him. Uh, you know, rule of thumb, if you're going to go into a city, and, and I know it was MJF's hometown, but if you're going to go to any city and try and do the whole sports team trashing thing, you only get one crack at it. He went to that, well, three, four times with the whole Islanders thing, and it's like, all right, it didn't work the first time. Do you want to try it again? It didn't work the second time. You want to go again? he's he's grasping at straws he's got to get a lot fresher um you know uh, uh material especially since we don't know if mjf is a is an islander fan or not he might not be an islander fan maybe he was a met fan you should have attacked the mets or something like that i don't feel that when he was doing what he was doing in long island he was necessarily attacking mjf so um, he, he needs to get a little bit sharper. And, and, and again, uh, he's been, he, he's been out of the loop for eight years. It's, he's, it's going to take him a minute, but you know, I think the one person who's going to bring him to that level is going to be MJF. 
Right. And we even saw that towards the end of his promo when he realized that the whole, you know, sports team dig wasn't working. He did start just digging at the crowd themselves. He started calling them bitches. He started calling them a bunch of other stuff at the end. Um, so, you know, I think he's just got to, like you said, I think he's got to get those sea legs underneath him. I think he's got to figure out what works to get heat in 2021 because it's different than it was in 2011 and that's not his fault he's just he's been away for a long time like you said but uh, i think this is this is obviously this is his first big feud so aside from darby allen since coming back um and i don't even think darby allen was a big feud for him no because it was really just a a big match that was just a you know yeah money match for that night but this is going to be good, and uh, I'm excited to see it. I don't see MJ go, MJF going anywhere, and honestly, for being honest, MJF should be CM Punk's first big loss. Yeah, 100%. But I think if you're going to do it right to, to, to keep the heat on everybody, MJF's got to do it dirty, like hit him with the battle bowl ring or whatever that is that he just won. Um, you know, dude, he's got to do something underhanded because at the end of the day, MJF still is that heel. Mm-hmm. MJF is supposed to be the heel. And I think going back to what you were saying with the double turn, the only way you're going to get that is if MJF does something dirty and it pisses Punk off to the fact that he just loses his mind and then snaps. That's going to cause that double turn for you. I agree. Um, speaking of AEW, uh, big news of a reported signing to AEW this week. Ring of Honor's Brody King has supposedly signed with AEW this week. And it's interesting because Malachi Black did a promo this past week where he's talking about the, the House of Black. And at the end, you see somebody, a hooded figure, wearing a hood, kneeled in front of Malachi Black. And Malachi Black whispers in his ear that you are more than just a king. So one's got to wonder if, you know, this uh, House of Black stable that everybody has been talking about that's supposed to happen if Brody King is going to be part of it. It sure looks that way, Um, you know, and and, uh, there's going to be a lot more uh, Ring of Honor guys who are who are going to be coming over. Don't be surprised if you don't see the Briscoe brothers sooner rather than later. Um, you know, now that ring of honor sadly is, is, as we said, defunct, you know, I think you're going to see a lot more of the, the top echelon of ring of honor come over and it's only going to be a handful of guys, but they're going to be, they're going to be top tier talent. I agree. Um, well, they did actually say, uh, Joe Coff actually came out this past week and said that they really are only on a hiatus. So there is something coming back in about April, but the, the question is, 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 is it still going to be named ring of honor or are we getting, you know, basically like an NXT 2.0 again? <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that Carrie Silkin, who is one of the, the, the spearheads of ring of honor basically said, rest in peace. I'm going to go with Carrie Silkin and yes. I'm going to go with all the tears and the hugs and the goodbyes of the talent. Then I'm going to believe Joe Coff, who is a political machine. Right. And if anything does come back, because they did have uh, at the end of the pay-per-view, they did have like a, a like coming soon in April 2021 type thing. Uh, I have I have to be inclined then if all of these talent are leaving and, you know, you were saying that the the rest in peace thing, too. I've, I've got to think that the whole company is going to be rebranded. There's going to be different wrestlers signed. One hundred percent, because what are you going to do when in April, when when they supposedly do come back, if they're supposedly coming back? then there's no way you're letting the Briscoes leave. There's no way you're letting Brody King leave. You're having these guys under deals and saying, listen, we're we're in December right now. Let's, let's look at this realistically. We are in December, the almost the end of December. Okay. We're a week away from Christmas. So basically we're talking about four months Mm -hmm. and their relaunch is WrestleMania weekend, which is the very first week of, of April. So, we're talking about a full three months, four if you want to get technical. That's not a lot of time off. It's not a lot of money that we're talking about that you could pay these guys to just stick around. You probably could get them for half of whatever you were paying them just to sign a, an exclusive and stay with you, that sort of thing. But no, they turned everybody loose. And once the Briscoes, let's take the Briscoes, let's take Brody King. If, in fact, Brody King did sign with a- AEW and the Briscoes then go over to AEW and things like that, do you think Tony Khan is signing them to a to a four-month contract 
or or is he signing them to a year or two years or three year type of contract um, and paying these guys? They're they're not going to be able to go back to Ring of Honor. So you're taking you're stripping Ring of Honor down to nothing because everybody's free to go wherever they want. And anybody that's not tied up by the time that Ring of Honor comes back, if you will, uh, you know, then they're free to 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 go back to Ring of Honor. But I it it that's as that is you know. It's it's definitely going to be interesting to see what exactly we're going to see in April, whether it be good or bad. Um, they haven't really given any information of what actually is going to be coming, so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what's going to happen. Nevertheless, um, you know, here's uh, the other here's the other thing to consider too: Ring of Honor. Uh, well, every but every every promotion under the sun tries to milk off of WrestleMania weekend in name the city, wherever WrestleMania is going to be that particular year. So ring of honor does a a show in Dallas and let's say they draw 10,000 in, in some arena uh, offset arena in the Dallas area. Okay. Don't, don't jump to conclusions that, Oh my God, they're back. They're back. Understand this WrestleMania is going to bring in a half a million people from around the world this year because the restrictions are finally going to be lifted with all this COVID bullshit that we've been going through. So over a half a million people are going to descend upon Dallas, Texas for WrestleMania week. And therefore there's going to be a lot of things you could throw together that people are going to throw together from Mick Foley comic, uh, stand-up comic shows to, to a ring of honor show to Joey Janela and his, and his shitty ass party that he does every single year. Um, you know, everything under the sun and believe it or not, here's the funny thing. The reason that these things come around once a year is because, yeah, they do sell out because there's a half a million people from around the world here. So therefore, they're they're coming here for one thing and one thing only. This is their Disney. You know, when you go to Disney World for a week, WrestleMania for a lot of people, for these half a million people, this is their Disney World trip. They're one week that they get to go on holiday for all of my my European people. Um, This is that one week that they get. They go to everything that they can imagine. And the amount of money that they've saved up and the amount of money that they spend at WrestleMania weekend is ungodly. Ungodly. Have some conversations with these people this year at WrestleMania where we will be at Perch on the Top Rope um, and, and, you know, just get a grasp for how much money these people are spending. So don't jump to the conclusion that just because Ring of Honor does a successful show WrestleMania weekend that they're back. Let's 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 have Ring of Honor do a show all on their own without a half a million people from around the world descending upon Dallas, Texas, and then tell me that they're back. Well said. I uh, I fully agree. It's it's going to be interesting no matter what to see what happens. And and like you said, I, I like the point that you brought up about you know, like the Briscoe brothers going to AEW and Brody King. Um, Jonathan Gresham is another person who's been backstage at AEW Dynamite lately. And how are you going to, can, you can't tell me how are you going to bring back the organization if the most recent champion that you just had win the Ring of Honor World Championship at your last pay-per-view is already siding with another company. Um, if they do come back, I don't even think they're coming back under the Ring of Honor name. I just don't see how it's possible. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, and for that matter, you know, uh, Rob Feinstein's Battleground Promotions is doing phenomenal. Um, another huge sellout at the ECW arena this past weekend. So, you know, who's to say that a company like his doesn't take over the the Ring of Honor moniker, if you will? Um, you know, nowadays, if you're successful and you put great matches together, uh, there's enough uh, internet TV venues such as Fight TV that you can have your stuff aired on that you don't need to be Ring of Honor anymore. You can just be perched on the top rope indie federation and just put some money together and have some talent on there that people want to see wrestle. Absolutely, absolutely. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, Rob, there's there's a couple names here and there, uh, some stories that have happened with these wrestlers in the past couple of weeks, we haven't had John for a couple of weeks. I want to pick your brain on a couple of things. Cause you know, it's my favorite thing to do when it's just you and I, <laughs> I want to know your thoughts on what buff Bagwell said in the past week. I don't know if you read it or not. I didn't. So, so hit me with it. Buff Bagwell recently did an interview and he said 
that, uh, you know, he's made history in WWE for two reasons. One, for uh, being in the main event one week and being fired the other week, which is not what I want to pick your brain on. He's not wrong. <laughs> on, he's not wrong on that one, though. We know that. But he also said that supposedly he is the first and only wrestler in WWE history to have worked with WWE that they refused to send him to rehab when he asked if he could be uh, sent to rehab under their sponsorship. You know, they they did it for John Moxley recently. They've done it for wrestlers after they've left the company before. If that's true, what are your thoughts and why do you think the reasoning is? I doubt it's true. So that uh, we could start off there. I, I highly, 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 highly doubt that that is true, given the fact that they've sent people like Tammy Sitch to five different rehab facilities. Um, they've they've helped Road Dog. They've helped Moxley, like you just mentioned. I find that you know extremely hard to believe. Um, if it's true, he pissed off a lot of people. Then I guess in the, in the wrong areas. But I I just find it impossible to believe that it's true. Um, I heard somewhere recently that he turned down their induction they invited him to be inducted in the hall of fame as well which i think again was another thing that he was just trying to get attention with because sorry buff you may be the stuff but you're not a hall of famer um so um you know i'm thinking maybe when that first line that he threw out there that he turned down the hall of fame fell on deaf ears and he comes up with this rehab thing um i i'm, I'm not buying it I really wasn't either. Um, unfortunately, Buff has been one to make up some stories over the years or get himself into some trouble. Uh, if if that is the case, I, I would say shame on Vince McMahon because I do think that if someone's worked under your umbrella and you've offered it to everybody else that you should offer it to everyone, but that I just don't see that happening. Um, there's just, he's done too many things for people that haven't been with the company anymore. He sent countless people to rehab. Like you said, Moxley, Tammy Sitch, the Hardy brothers, um, you know, back in the day as well, after they had left, um, he's done it for too many people. He's, he's done other things like Scott Hall. Yeah. Scott Hall. He's, he's inducted people into the hall of fame that he was on bad terms with too. Like Bret Hart back in, what was I believe? Oh, six before the man warrior. Exactly. So it just, I don't, I tend not to believe it, but it is something that appears to be getting him back in the headlines. And I think that's kind of what he was going for. Speaking of rehab. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no I, I, I was going to say that that's exactly what it's for. It's, it's, you know, if, if out of sight, out of mind. So if he can throw something out there and he gets in the dirt sheets, maybe a, a, a promoter doing a, 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 a signing or something Eric Sims, uh, would, would, pick him up and, and use again or something like that it's just it's 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 a sad cash grab. i agree um speaking of rehab we haven't had you on the show when we got to discuss this and obviously this has been probably the biggest news that's come out of wrestling in the past couple of weeks jeff hardy being released from the wwe <laughs> lee and i talked about this last week but i want to talk with you about it was Jeff under the, in your opinion, was Jeff under the influence of substances during that match on uh, the, you know, house show tour that they were on? Or do we think that Jeff may have pulled a fast one over Vince in order to get out of his contract? I am going to go with um, my, my good buddy, Kevin Nash, always loves conspiracy theories. And I'm going to join the conspiracy club and the conspiracy theories. And I believe firmly that he was not under any substances at that house show. And I believe that he concocted this with the assistance of several people within AEW, knowing that if he rejected the assistance and Jeff is a very good actor and knows when you're, when you're as, uh, when you've been as messed up as Jeff has for so many times and so long, you kind of know I could act drunk right now, you know, and I, and I haven't had a drink. Um, I could act like I'm high on as a kite on cocaine and things like that. And I haven't had anything in years. So, um, you know, you kind of know what to do. And if he does something ridiculous, like he did on that house show where he jumped into the crowd and just walked off, um, you know, and then they offer him the help because they believe that he's under the influence uh, and he rejects it. They release him right out of the gate. I 
I'm of the firm belief that this was concocted and knew exactly what he was doing because if if he was under the influence and if he did have some issues within four or five days of of being released he wouldn't have done the video with matt hardy where he's got the headphones on and he's he's jamming out he's jamming out and Matt Hardy's talking, and then he he looks to Jeff, but Jeff picks off the headphones and goes, I'm sorry, I was listening to Release Me by Wilson Phillips, and they got a chuckle out of it. This was, you know, score one for the for the boys. Uh, they they got over on Nikon. And and you know, good for them. Good for them. If that's if if that's what Jeff wanted to do, by now Jeff's got a ton of money from all his years. Uh, believe me, it's not gone. And if, and if that's what he wanted to do, good for him. He got over and, and I'm, I'm happy for him. I, I, I want you to be, you know, being on the road is uh, something that is extremely difficult when you have a family at home. It is extremely difficult, especially being on the road with the WWE tour schedule that they have. And now that the COVID thing is gone and we're, and WWE is back on tour as poorly as the attendances have been, it's still grueling for the talent. And therefore, you know, if, if Jeff is looking at Matt going, shit, he's home six out of, or five out of seven days, you know, cause he leaves on the Tuesday for the travel for Wednesday. But Keep in mind, they tape Wednesday and Friday show at the same time. So it's only one day of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, man, Matt is, Matt is home five days a week and I'm on the road five days a week. You know, so, hey, <laughs> let's, let's see if this works, Jeff. Here's the only way it's going to work, Jeff. You are a known addict. Act like you're blitzed out of your mind they'll offer you rehab you were already told one shot and and if you deny the rehab you're fired guess what let's call their bluff and see if if it works and it worked don't be surprised if you don't see jeff march 10th after that showing up as the hardy boys back in aew and that's almost perfect timing too for about two months later for the hardy boys to both be in aew come double or nothing yeah, I mean his 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 uh, non compete is up March tenth, so yeah. uh, so it gives them know. just enough time to build up to whatever match they want to do with the Hardy Brothers at uh, at Double or Nothing. I've got to say, I, I think we'll know for sure that Jeff's coming if in the next couple months you start seeing a slow baby face turn from Matt because you know if they bring in Jeff, well, not necessarily because if they bring in Jeff, two things are going to happen. They're either one going to turn Matt into a baby face character and they're going to have the Hardy boys against whoever, or B we're going to see Jeff come in as the opponent of Matt Hardy. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Well, and I think a, a tell a, a tell sign for that is going to be if uh, the, the, uh, the two guys who are the tag champs right now under the mask, Phoenix and oh uh, the Lucha brothers. Yes. Thank you. If they drop the titles back to somebody, let's say like the uh, the brothers, um, the Young Bucks, the Young Bucks. Thank you. <laughs> I have I have AEW brain farts. It's it's been too long. Um, so if they drop the titles back to the Young Bucks, the Hardy Boys Young Bucks tore the house down for the aforementioned Ring of Honor um, in many moons ago, and I can't see why they wouldn't do that again. Um, the the hit party is another one that that I think they would be great with the, the two rapping kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson. Shit, bring them from TNA um, on over. Or Impact Wrestling, bring them over. I mean, there's so many different things you could do with them. But I think, like you said, doing it at double or nothing, uh, you know, again, it's the cocky young bucks saying we don't got anybody to fight tonight. We don't have to do anything tonight. We're just going to take the night off. And then all of a sudden the music hits and it's these two. It'll be shades of, of WrestleMania in Orlando all over again. 100%. And all I can say is if Jeff is on his way to AEW, whoever's in their music department better be working up a sick theme song for the Hardy Brothers to come out to together. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jeff himself that writes it. 
Oh, Jeff yeah, is, Jeff is phenomenal uh, with with regard to music. And if you've been and here's the other thing, too, if you've been if Jeff was here's another uh, go going along with the conspiracy theory. If Jeff was in in all the trouble that he's in, if he was under the influence and, and all had all these issues, he's on a 12 to 14 date tour playing music in, in nightclubs and stuff starting like this week. Yeah, I think his first on, show. I think his first show might have already happened, or it's yeah, this, or it's literally this week. If you go on his his Twitter handle and his Instagram and things like that, he's got the poster up there with all the the dates and everything like that. It's it's phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, definitely go out and check it out. Um, again, that's something that probably will be um, taking part at WrestleMania weekend. Don't be surprised in a nice night nightclub disco club in in Dallas, Texas, but. It's 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 a really good show. I don't think he would be pulling that off if he was high on drugs. I agree. I think uh, I think two things led to him leaving. I think one, it was obviously the poor utilization of Jeff Hardy um, on television as of, I don't know, years now. And I think he's it's very been very noticeable if you watch him on television, too, that he's been he's been wrestling hurt for a while. Mm -hmm. Even even after his surgeries, he I feel like he came back. It almost seemed like after every surgery he had, he came back a little quicker than he should. Um, you know, just trying to get back on the road, get a good, get himself a good spot. But you can always, you were always able to tell later on in this run with WWE that he was working sore or hurt because he was he was not the same Jeff Hardy. He was moving a lot slower, and obviously a lot of that is due to age. Jeff is not getting any younger, um, but you could still tell he still kind of has it. But I think he's just been working hurt, and I think. Like you said, moving down to working only, you know, or being gone one to two days a week, I think that's going to give Jeff a lot more time to heal up, heal those nagging injuries. Um, the 90 days of not wrestling, I think, is going to help him heal up, heal those injuries. And I think we're going to see a much healthier Jeff Hardy actually come back when he does inevitably show up in AEW. Yeah, I, I think Jeff is has been healthy from a, from a drug and alcohol perspective mm -hmm. for a very long time now. Um, as far as the injuries, though, he definitely needs to to heal up. Um, but again, and this is I know this is not a very popular opinion among fans and, and maybe even yourself. I know it's not popular with Lee, but I've always felt that there are certain tag teams that should always just remain tag teams and should never one guy go off uh, on their own versus another, because I don't think. You can ever have two that you could separate the two and, and they wind up being equally as successful. And that sadly, that's the case with the Hardy boys. Matt's never been as good as Jeff. Um, you know, as far as they gave Jeff the world title run, Matt had that ECW title run. But, you know, there's there's a significant difference in the two. Um, but I, I I feel like when Matt has been gone, Jeff has kind of fallen off by the wayside, like you said, poor booking, poor utilization. I think you can utilize the Hardy boys a lot better than you can use utilize Jeff Hardy or utilize Matt Hardy individually. Um, same thing would go for for my buddy Road Dog Jesse James and, and badass Billy Gunn. I don't think that you can separate the two and and either one of them be the same as they are as when they're the New Age Outlaws. Um, you know, there are certain tag teams like that. The Killer Bees back in the 80s. You couldn't break up B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. They just wouldn't. Once they were the Killer Bees, they were phenomenal as a tag team. Very few times do you see that happens. I don't think the Dudley boys should have broken up. Um, I know Bubba went off on his own in TNA and Impact and things like that and became Bully Ray. But I still think that the, the core is that, that uh, the Dudley boys. Uh, yeah, I agree. I like... So with the Hardy Boys, I, I'm not sure, um, but I understand why you're saying what you mean behind it because they're never, the Hardy Boys as an example, are never equal when they're separated. It, it, it's funny with them though because during I believe I feel like during the first half of their careers, if any time they ever split up, it was always Jeff is up here, Matt's down here. Yeah. The second half of their careers, I think it's almost flip-flop because I think anytime we've seen the Hardy Boys separated in the past 10 years or so, it's been Matt that's been up here 
and Jeff that's been a little bit lower ever since like the 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 broke and woken gimmick started and even the big money Matt thing he's got going on and uh but see here's it here's the tribute to that Matt I think is the more creative of the two and Jeff has even said this if you watch the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast that he just did on the WWE Network he's not one to pitch ideas he's not one to like push his his different things and creative concepts and things like that it's always been matt mm-hmm. so um when you talk about that flip that's taken place matt had no choice but to to do that flip because he had he was out on his own jeff was was in rehab jeff was trying to clean himself up there was no hardy boys matt had to go out and do on his own and figure something out and he can and thus you know came big money matt then came the Woken Hardy and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all creative genius by Matt Hardy. It was, and you know, and and I don't think Jeff has ever had that behind him, in the sense that uh, you know he he doesn't have the ability to pitch ideas as well as his brother, and therefore that I think has hurt him. And I, I think that's why you see the flip like you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Because whenever they've been separated, Matt comes up with idea after idea after idea. Yeah. But Jeff doesn't, nor do I think he really needs to pitch like another character because he's always just, it's just Jeff Hardy. It's, you know, his his standalone gimmick as just himself is basically the Hardy Boys gimmick. But see, Jeff doesn't have anything like a big money mat or broken uh, universe type of of, uh, storyline that he could go with. It's either push Jeff in a main event run and make him a world champion or have him job out to every Tom, Dick and Harry. Mm-hmm. There's no middle. Matt Hardy had that middle ground. He was big money, Matt. And he was winning mid-level titles and just in that broken universe that everybody just wanted to, to see the, the, the vignettes and stuff that he was doing really didn't have a, uh, a factor in his wrestling. It was more, we liked the vignettes. Mm-hmm. Sort of like crime time. We liked the vignettes. They were funny. Uh, they got us over, but then the wrestling, nobody really gave a crap about. And we were, and we were booked poorly. So, you know, yeah. I, I think that's where Jeff, I think that's where Jeff falls into play. But, you know, to close, to close that out, kudos to Jeff Harden, whoever um, concocted the idea together, um, you know, because it was, it was very well done very well played and kudos to you for getting over Nick and Nick uh, Vince McMahon. I think I, uh, I think I have a pretty good idea of who came up with the idea for Jeff to leave. I'm, I'm pretty oh, sure. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure it was Matt's doing the entire time. I'm pretty sure he was like, Hey man, I'm having a great time over here and I can see what you're going through. Cause Matt's been big on how poorly he thought Jeff was booked. And Matt even said after he was released that they were going to drug test Jeff to prove a point. It had to have been Matt's idea. Oh, I'm sure any of the boys that are that are, you know, still over there and talk with Matt and even some of the ones that have recently just come over, such as Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, Big Show, Mark Henry. They all kind of know what's going on over there and how, you know, here's a chink in the armor. He's been in trouble for drugs before if he acts like he's on drugs and pulls this stunt at a house show. Don't do it on live TV. Do it on a house show. That way it gets like that little rumbling from the, the, the dirt sheets. Then it's going to get picked up. Then we're going to have to talk to him about it. Then he'll deny the, the, the rehab and poof. Let's see if they're really going to fire him. And, you know, worst case that happens is, Jeff, they don't fire you and you're kind of stuck where you are. Maybe you do it a couple more times to look like you're you're really screwed up. But it worked after the first try. I mean, I'm sure all of them were sitting back going, shit, they didn't even wait like three or four times for them to do it. We did it after the first shot. Damn, that worked. You know, I, 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 I don't know, but I, I kudos to them kudos to them yeah absolutely it's it's hilarious too i find it funny because we haven't really seen somebody pull one over on vince to get out of their contract yeah like this and and if that is the case and you know we find out more down the road that you know it 100 was them pulling the hood over vince and everything i gotta start to wonder how many other people are gonna try and find different creative ways to get out of their contract 
Well, that's, you know, I take a look at Malachi Black. Remember the whole Malachi Black got released and then his contract was up in 30 days because he never signed the, the, <laughs> the new, the you got called up to the roster contract. Yeah, they so literally he was forgot to give him one. <laughs> yeah, so he was still operating with the NXT, which is the 30-day no-compete contract. So he, he, you know, he got over on them and it was like, it was a stupid mistake. But here in this situation with Jeff, you know, thank God it was a stupid mistake, but it, it turned out to be kind of funny that he put one over him. And what's even what's even better is if you watch a lot of these other podcasts or interviews or whatever you want to call them, from Jim Cornette to Eric Bischoff to Jeff Jarrett to all these people, they're like, oh, I don't want to see Jeff go right into wrestling right away. I hope he gets the help that he needs. This guy fucking fooled all of you that well that – you know, maybe he did it that well that he was able to to get Vince to, to, to terminate him. I don't know, but he definitely was not un- under the influence of anything. So no, you, you could know. tell watching the video that if anything, maybe he was working hard. Yeah, but but I, I you know, there's a difference between working hurt and pulling the stunt that he pulled where he jumped over the guardrail yep. and walked out. That was, that was, I'm high as a kite and don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And therefore I'm going to do something stupid. And, and he did it and they called him on it. And he then now we're, now we're playing chess. Now we're playing chess, not checkers. We're playing chess or poker. And I'm going to push all my chips to the center of the table and go, well, Jeff, we think you're under the influence of something. You're going to need to go to rehab. No, I'm not going to go to rehab. Then all of a sudden from mumbling, he goes, no, I'm not going to go to rehab. I think I'll turn that down. Then they fire him. And then he goes, he does a video with Matt Hardy two days later, listening to Wilson Phillips's release me. Are you kidding me? He got one over on you. I laughed so hard during that promo. Oh God. Good for Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jeff's been a friend of mine for a long time. So Jeff, uh, if you ever do get to listen to this, good for you. Good for you. Yes, absolutely. I thought you were going to have a good lot to say on that because I know that you're close with both the Hardy brothers. So uh, I thought it'd be interesting to see what your thoughts are. I do have one last thing that I want to get your thoughts on before we start closing this out. Um, we have we did talk about Ring of Honor earlier. We talked about the Ring of Honor final battle. There was one big thing that we didn't talk about. Uh, EC3 had his match. It was like four on four. Um, uh, His team loses. And then he's got everybody from his team in the ring at the end. And we see Wesley Blake, an unnamed guy, will show up with the free EC3 shirts on. And he says, release the Titan. And Adam Scher, formerly known as Braun Strowman, shows up. Do you think that they're a going to be part of this program that shows up in April, or do you think we're going to see this huge stable show up somewhere else very soon? I would imagine to say you're going to see this huge stable show up someplace else very soon. Um, he's been doing these with Sheer, uh, Bray. Um, he's got a somebody else got released too. He did a video with. Um, oh, Carrion Cross. Thank you, Carrion Cross. Um, I knew literally the guy behind gonna, you. It, yeah, I was I was saying to myself, it's I know it's somebody w- that we're working with in the future. Who the hell is it? But but, but truth be told, perched on the top rope nation, uh, we do have actual other talents that the ink is just drying. So we'll be happy to announce those in the coming weeks uh, for like big event um, and Albany leg- showcase of legends seven uh, that already has Bray Wyatt on it. But yeah. Um, EC3's got this really good production company where he's doing these um, cinematic type matches like we saw with Undertaker and and, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, AJ Styles. So I think they're going to go together. And, you know, again, I I think right now, if if they were going to do a one-off with Ring of Honor, great, but ultimately I, i'm gonna stick to my guns and ring of honor is dead okay. so they they can they can do the april thing and 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 you can know go elsewhere yeah yeah I, i've got to say just because we've already seen him there once too i more than anything think they might actually show up in impact um ec3 does have an established relationship with impact he did have that feud with moose last year um where he showed up with the free ec3 um 
merch on. We also have seen him and Adam do these like uh, personal pay per views that they've funded and yeah, that was what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. So cinematic things, right? It's it's entirely possible too that they also go the route of starting their own smaller promotion too. Um, that's that's not entirely out of the question just because it has been something they have been doing. So I, I just I like I really like the way that EC3's release kind of hit him because it's he's got this free EC3 um, control your narrative gimmick, but it's not necessarily just a gimmick because it's also how he's been react how he has reacted to his release in real life. He has controlled his his narrative. He's taken on everything. He's gone and done these personal shows by himself. He's gone from this company to this company. He's making money going everywhere. I, w- I would honestly say EC3 might be the smartest free agent on the market right now just because of how he's done everything since he's left WWE. And I think, I think you know, Matt Hardy kind of showed the blueprint of how to do that when he got released from WWE and then became Big Money Matt where he was just going around to everybody and just collecting you know, appearance fee after appearance fee. Mm-hmm. If you can get that and you can pull that off, that's the best option for you in for any talent out there. Because now you call your own shots. If I don't want to work this weekend and I want to go to the Bahamas for a week, I can do that. If I want to work seven days a week, I can do that too and collect three, four, five thousand, maybe even more per spot. You know, some of these guys could make more money in a month than most of us do in a year just by doing one-offs and and you know that that's not a bad way to go it's a lot less strain on your body and and again you're the one calling the shots you're the one calling the narratives yeah absolutely and i think this this control your narrative stable has so much potential because you've already got ec3 wesley blake who's an established name too um adam share possibly known as the Titan, which is huge. The pairing of the two of them, I, I absolutely love it. And I think it could bring them both higher than they were really able to get in WWE with the storyline. There's been hints of Karrion Cross joining this group. Uh, there's been hints of Bray Wyatt possibly joining this group at some point. We know his friendship with Braun Strowman. Um, EC3's got a relationship with recently released Drake Maverick in WWE, and he did a really cool uh, video after his release this time, too. Mm-hmm. There's there's a possibility that they he joins that group, too, because he's got a friendship with both EC3 and Adam Shear. This could end up being like a mega stable, and we might not even know it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. It it's, you know, it they the four of them alone can be an indie show all unto themselves. Yeah. So you know, if they started to do their own thing, they they could be a force all unto themselves. I mean, I I, I, I look forward to seeing what they're gonna do. Me too. I think that's gonna be the group that people really need to watch out for in 2022. Um, but with that being said, well, you know, wait before we go, before we go, did, okay. you know, we were just talking about where they could go. Did you see this week? That my good personal buddy, my bestest buddy in the whole world, Freddie Prince, I'm so cute. That's how I got my job with Stephanie McMahon Jr. Is actually in the news for saying that he would consider starting his own indie promotion with, wait, he's got a partner. He's got a partner. It's Christmas time. So why not partner with Macaulay Calkin? And, and, you know, I wore my Scooby-Doo shirt today once again in honor of Freddie Prince Jr. So, Freddie, call me. Um, I've, I've got a little bit of, you know, experience with this whole kind of thing. We can put something together. Um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll uh, have a Stephanie McMahon cardboard cutout night. Um, I, there's so many different things we could do to, to push this and pop this promotion. And I'm sure if Adam Shear and EC3 want to come on down, we could, we could, they could come in in the mystery machine. And then when the back doors open up, Braun Strowman comes. We could do a whole, oh man, the world is our oyster, Freddy. Call me. Where can we be found there, Alex? You're ridiculous. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Perch Top Rope. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, 
the name is perched on the top rope. Uh, we were actually able to get usernames with our full name there. That was kind of nice. Um, you can find us when it comes to podcast listening. You can find us on most podcast stations. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon, uh, Stitcher, uh, Amazon, everywhere else that podcast can be found. And as I've said in the past, if you can't find us, message our Facebook page. Tell us that you can't find us on that podcast page, and I will get it put on there for you. Other and than also- that, don't forget February 6th, Baltimore Celeb Fest, Karrion Cross, Scarlet, together for the first time, signing autographs, Baltimore Celeb Fest. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com. Just type in Baltimore Celeb Fest, Karrion Cross, it'll all pop up. We're doing mail order. So for all of our fun listeners overseas, if you're looking to meet or uh, to get an autographed picture of Karrion Cross and Scarlet together, we do have the NXT pictures, him holding the belt, all that fun stuff. Head over to eventbrite.com. Get your tickets now. They are going fast. And of course, as always, each and every week, spoiler free is the way to be. We're out. Mm-hmm.